Welcome to the Delta Flyers journey through the wormhole with Quark, Dax, and their good friends, Tom and Harry. Join us as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Your hosts along this journey are Terry Farrell, your favorite science officer, Garrett Wong, our forever ensign, and myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil. Welcome, Terry. Welcome back to our to our podcast. I'm our so happy podcast. you're with us. Yes. This is so exciting. It is. Yeah. It is. Oh so my goodness. We're yeah. off and running after last last week's incredible marathon of a pilot. Mm. I, th- I feel like Garrett and I were really anxious and nervous about talking about your show because we're not as familiar with it. I'm not mm-hmm. as familiar. So I want to do it right. I want to be perfect. I want to I want to make you proud. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You already make me proud. You I, uh, Please. For me, it's a new experience, too, because it's been so many years. Yeah. And I watched a few episodes back to back, and then I had to rewatch what we were doing today, this morning, because it gets so overwhelming to 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 have all of these. Um, I think one of the things that the writers did really, really well was was really flesh out the characters. So mm-hmm. there's things I know that so are coming. I'm, I forget right. that I'm not supposed to know yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why this one intimidates me more than our show. Aside from the fact that I, you know, Garrett and I were on it. Uh, Voyager. What intimidates me about this is your show is really things are tied together. Stories and character and journeys are tied together. We just had to watch, you know, the story of the week. Nothing was tied together on our show. (laughs) So it it sort of made it simpler. This one is a little more intimidating, but it's exciting. Okay. So uh, we are doing birthdays now on this podcast for our patreon subscribers and uh we've got a few birthdays to read out mike Philman on december 11th happy birthday mm, four mm-hmm. from mine happy birthday mm-hmm. yeah uh we also have carol patterson december 13th happy birthday carol happy birthday estelle keller thanks for being one of our patreon uh subscribers happy birthday on december 13th mm. to estelle uh, we also have Justin Weir on December 14th. Happy birthday to Justin and all of our our uh, Delta Flyer Patreon subscribers. Thank you. And that is the birthday of Megan, the 14th. So we have is no, it? we have, yes, uh, Megan is December 14th. So that's our last Patreon birthday wish was the 14th. So no, yeah. no one on my birthday, correct? No one on the 15th. No, just so far. We'll Look see that. next week. No, Robbie, it's it's crazy. In all my life, I've met two people with that birthday, my birthday. Really? It's so rare to find someone with the 15th. Your December every... birthday? December, December 15th. Baby. Yeah. <gasps> my niece, Brittany's birthday is on December 21st. Right. And go. my favorite guy in the whole world, Max Baker, my son, oh. is on oh. December 24th. Oh, wow. Oh. Christmas Eve, baby. Mm. Yeah, I didn't wow. know that. We had a choice of the day before or the day after Christmas because yeah. he just didn't want to leave. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to stay in that comfortable womb. Who does? Right? Who wants to leave? <laughs> yes. But 11, oh my gosh, 10 pounds, 12 ounces. It had to go. Wow. Yeah. Excuse me? It was me or him. Did you say, yeah, wait a minute. You just said 10 pounds, 12 ounces? That's a toddler. Robbie, how much did you, you weigh when you popped a toddler. You, I was I, six pounds something. You, you, There's no way you were 10 pounds, were you Robbie. I'm going to say. I think I was about five something. I was smallish, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, well, you got over it. <laughs> oh, did I? 
Okay, I also want to welcome our new prophets. Thank you for signing up. David Buck is a prophet on Patreon, and Izzy Jaffer is a prophet. Welcome to our new prophets ever. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So uh, we have all watched this episode, past prologue. I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, we traditionally uh, have our poetry synopsis. So I'll start with my limerick. Do it. Here we go with my limerick for past prologue. Kira's old friend shows up at the station. He's looking for political salvation. Garrick asks Julian to come by. Is he a tailor or a spy? Blowing up the wormhole was Tana's real motivation. Oh, I like it. What do you it. think? What I you like think? it. It's good. I wanted yes. to do good. Terry, tell me. Were you happy? You did so good. I'm so happy. Here's my haiku for past prologue. Los wants asylum. Tough decisions for Kira. Bashir bought a suit. <laughs> oh, I'm my God. I'm glad you got a suit. I tried to get suit in I know you book. wanted to get suit in there. I was like, he didn't get suit in there. What? Well, that was a great haiku, Garrett. I, I really loved it. I'm Thank jealous you. that you got the word suit. In and you your tried haiku. to get suit, but you I did try to pull, get suit yeah. in my limerick, but it, yeah. it didn't. It didn't. Quite fit. All right. Quite all right. So, past prologue, mm -hmm. written by Catherine Powers, directed by our good friend Rick Colby, who directed Rick. the pilot. Good old Rick. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, a great guest cast: Jeff Nordling, Andy Robinson, Gwyneth Walsh, Barbara March. Uh, Susan Bay and Vaughn Armstrong. Good old Vaughn. I know. She's it. in everything. Unbelievable. Yeah. This episode, Past Prologue, aired on January 11th, 1993. Mm. So it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since, <laughs> since this one came out. Yep. Been a hot minute. Yes, it has. <laughs> well, let's dive into it. So we start off, we're in the replomat. What the hell's a replomat, first of all? It's like an automat, right? Isn't that where they got replomat. the name? Yeah. Like is think it? Jetsons. Oh, okay. It's to go. And, and I think they actually food, use that word, right? Yeah. Food and drink. It's like a little cafe. Well, like an old automat was the machines, like in the fifties. You right. go put your quarter in, and it's you like a get vending your... machine. It's a it's vending, vending machine. Thank but you. But it's replicated. It's a replicator machine. I get it. Okay, now I know. Okay. So go ahead. you say I want a tuna sandwich. It yeah. replicates a tuna sandwich. I wonder oh. if it has the same nutritional value. That would be my <laughs> question. We have discussed that. <laughs> Let's not I go. Think, no, don't go there. Okay. You're going to go there. You're going to go, go there go now. There. God dang it. We've go. discussed the replicators. Where do they get their organic materials from? The base of it. It's got to come from the poops. I'm just saying it's got, we have to recycle poops. He's, he's saying everything. Okay. okay. On with the show. I <laughs> I told you, Robbie. I told okay. you don't go there. Okay. All right. Anyway, Bashir's eating in the replomat by himself. Garrick approaches. He introduces himself. Garrick is super friendly in this scene. Bashir thinks he's a spy, though, so he's terrified. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Garrick introduces himself, says, come by. I love in this scene so many things. First of all, Bashir, I never realized Sid was so funny. I... Whenever I met him, he was so he seemed so sophisticated and refined to me. <laughs> I didn't realize he's such a comic relief. Mm. His first he's line both. is he's, he's he both. stutters. He's both. He's so good. But then physical comedy too, right? With that he's, thing he's, that that little piece of uh, leaf in his face, right? He's just oh god, he's adorable. Yeah. 
The replimat, I have a question, Terry, about this. Mm. Um, when you had like like a full house, like when that place was full, because you in the replimat, you saw down the corridor and everything, right? So you had to have, your set had to be filled with extras, background performers a lot, right? Yeah. Almost all the time. I mean, wow. yeah. I mean, even if you, when you pay attention to ops, there's extras crossing in and out. Yeah. And yeah. They were really good about having that so that we felt like we were really in a, you know, in an experience where people are living there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was my first impression in this scene. I immediately went, oh, this is really different than our show because we didn't have, we had some regular crew, but we were lost in the Delta Quadrant with a limited crew. So we never had big, unless we were in the mess hall, maybe, but we never had big extra right. scenes like you guys. That must've been a big yeah. undertaking. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like being, well, that specific section of the promenade felt like being at a mall. Yeah. It just did. What stage was that on the, the, that part of the promenade? We was were four. No, four was where ops was. Okay, seven. And whatever maybe? the turn set was. What do they call uh -huh. that? I forgot. The, the swing set. Yeah. Swing set. Thank you. Um, And then right next to us, did he say it was seven? I don't remember because I lived in front of four. So four was sort of my. That was your orientation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the replimat, Bashir is very, very nervous. Garrick is super, super friendly. He says, I've got a clothing shop. Uh, if you need any clothes, any apparel, please come visit. I'm at your disposal. Bashir calls him Mr. Garrick and Garrick corrects him. He goes, no, 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 Sim Garrick, plain, simple Garrick, mm -hmm. which reminded me of my very first, one of my first lines on Voyager where I said, tomato soup, plain, plain. hot, tomato soup. Yeah. It was the same same sort of cadence yeah. I just related yeah. to. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some uh, parallels here between our show yes. and, and DS9 for sure. Mm -hmm. I also love at the end of the scene where they speak in unison, Bashir, and he, when he's when Garrick says, oh, it's just Garrick, plain, simple Garrick, when he says Garrick, Bashir simultaneously in unison says it. Garrick with his stutter. <laughs> it was very funny. God, I love Bashir. You're Team Bashir already. I am. You're right all now, aboard I am on Team on, Bashir. On, yeah, I gotta yeah. say, goodness, it, that won't that won't change. That won't <laughs> no, I don't think it, I don't think it will. When you see him, what do you say to him now? Because you know how he went from Sidigat Alpha Deal. It's a you nickname. Say Diggs. He, oh, wow. he calls me Tell. That's short for Terry. Love it and. I call him Diggs, Diggs. for Sidig. Yeah. Right. Uh, Instead of Sid. Right. Diggs. So we both had nicknames for each other. That's, adorable. That's so but, cool. Um, yeah. But I, oh. I think of him as Sidig Elfidel. I don't think of him as Alexander Sidig. That feels like, who's yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know who that is. Who's that human being? Okay. But most people called him Sid, right? Yeah. My favorite character so far, Bashir. Bashir. Exits exits the uh mm -hmm. the the lift mm -hmm. onto ops, the floor of ops. Mm -hmm. He is telling everyone how excited he is that Garrick the spy wants to get to know him and maybe he can, you know, see some spy action. Um he asks for like a monitor so he can spy on Garrick and give them information. Yeah. And basically everybody on in ops thinks it's adorable. Uh, but they don't take it too seriously. And then there's an alert that sounds and a Cardassian ship is spotted chasing this Bajoran's ship, firing at it. And they've entered, they've crossed into the wrong territory. They're in Bajoran space. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. in Bajoran space. Mm -hmm. And the Bajoran aboard, we will learn his name is Tana Los later on, but he requests an emergency beam out and he beams right there into ops 
which I have to say again, I love that you have a transporter pad on your bridge. It's incredible. It's incredible. But he sees Kira and they know each other and he asks for asylum. And that's our teaser. That's how we end the teaser. So Kira sees dun, an dun, old dun. friend who's being chased by Cardassian. What's going on? We will see. I like yeah. the beam in how he's in that huddled position. A lot of times we don't do that on Voyager. We just beam in standing up, but he was like, when he beamed in. So I enjoyed it. Well, he had to be, right? Because his ship was, it was, uh, as about to explode yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. but we've we've been people like... in uh, on from ships on voyager that are about to explode and they still beam in standing up they don't beam in sitting down they don't well, i don't know I, why I'm they sorry, should have that... but they yeah it's weird i think that would be correct me if i'm wrong robbie but i would think yes. that would be the director making sure that you look like you're coming yes. from whatever the stressful situation you came from if you look mm. like you forgot it which yes. to me if he were standing it would look like did you not remember that you were just coming from a ship that's yeah. about to explode? You should mm -hmm. you should be huddled because that's exactly the position you would have been in. Yeah, I, I love I when there's you. a beam in mm -hmm. and as the beam the beam in finishes, the person falls or you know, as if they oh, got like beamed they pass out. out. Yeah. 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 yeah like they're being held that. through space and yeah. time yeah. molecularly. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think, I think that's you like cool. that word, huh? I do. Molecularly. I didn't know I could you. say it. Molecularly. <laughs> Five syllable word. You get bonus oh points for that. I'm almost doing a haiku. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> okay. So we see, we see Kira's new haircut in yep. this, uh, in the scene. Love. Better. Bam. Better. Better. There's Kira. Like, yeah. hello. Now she's here. Yeah. Yes. She's not like her hair going to the prom. Oh, she must have been so happy. When we first see her, it's ridiculous. Then later in the pilot, it does change. It does change a little the bit. Style well, changed, the style changed, but it was still, it was still it, a wig. It was still the haircut. No, no, yeah. no, it's her hair. Oh, that was her hair? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a wig. <laughs> I assume it's a wig because everybody on our show wore wigs. Yeah, that's- Roxanne wore wigs. Yeah. Kate wore a wig. Everybody wore wigs. I had a wig. No. I had a three-quarter fall. Did you? You did. I was going to ask mm. you. So you had a bit of a-, a addition mm. did you go through multiple hair tests did you go through different styles like was there until they finally came upon yes. the final one with a single ponytail yeah yeah they put a bun in the beginning on you trying that out like or was it just straight to I the don't ponytail? remember all the styles mm. um i don't because I, I think that was probably one of the easiest things to solve yeah mm. for you guys okay yeah i mean for me they went through so much drama with my makeup Mm. I think once they settled on that look, then it was more a matter of how high should my hair go. You know that yeah. weird it looked a little high in this episode, higher than I remember. Yeah. Just that I. It'll you know. kind of. There's a zhuzh there. Yeah, you got some height. Like going. my spots sometimes are like whoa, and other times it's just like right just on the little. edge. Oh. I like it when it's a little. It looks so. There's better. a little ebb and flow of your spots at times. Yeah, then. because they're hand painted. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well. Armin stole my thunder there. He wasn't realizing it. It was like, no, let me talk oh, about my makeup. I'm going to talk about yeah. your makeup. Armin. I know. I still love Armin. Like, it, love yeah. Armin. Who doesn't love Armin? Are you trying to I didn't get the hearts, hearts that time. You got to hold, yeah. yeah. hold it longer. You got to hold it longer. Three, two, two one. Three. See, I, I try. Armin. Even though I, I hold it long, Armin. it doesn't do it. Look at that. Robbie, I'm heartless. I know you are heartless. Do you need an upgrade? Is that what's happening? I don't know. Are you <laughs> not an Apple guy? I'm just, I have Apple. What are you talking about? <gasps> You're a bad Apple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to say something here. When, when this guest actor beamed in, I looked at him and I was like, God, he looks so familiar. 
And it wasn't until halfway through this episode that I realized it was Jeff Nordling, who I know, who I've worked with a bunch, who Jeff Nordling, who plays Tana, actually the very first thing I ever wrote, a short play, Jeff read, did this staged reading of that play that I wrote oh. in West LA at a little theater. Wow. I've, I've known Jeff for a long, long time, huh. and, but I didn't even recognize him because he was so young. Oh, was like, that's what it was. It was like, oh, and, he, and so he had funny. a little, little makeup on, but I was like, mm. I know that guy. I know that mm. guy. It wasn't until three or four scenes in that I was like, it's Jeff Nordling. Yeah. Next we go to ops. Uh, the, uh, after our opening credits, uh, medics are wheeling Tana, Jeff Nordling away. Uh, and the command, the Cardassian commander, Goldenar, Vaughn Armstrong hails them. Uh, they basically want Tana turned back over. He's a criminal. Uh, Cisco tells uh, Goldenar that that he's asked for asylum, but that Goldenar can dock and come aboard to discuss. And after he ends the call, I love when Cisco goes over to O'Brien and says, "Make up some docking regulations to stall." <laughs> Like, don't let him come on board too quickly. We need to go, me and Kira are going to go see uh, Tana. So I love that. And I thought that was great. I love the fact that he was talking about delay people docking. Is that something that you guys could do? Is that, was that like a runner that like, because it's a docking station. So we didn't have that same kind of setup, but is that something when you, when you were dealing with bad guys, like don't let them dock or things like that? Was that a common thing? Yeah, I think so. Because also um, you think, of our TSA. This is pre-TSA heavy right. duty security, right? Hmm. But for Deep Space Nine, obviously Voyager 2, we're so far in the future that that would be a normal. Yeah. It's a basically it's like a little country, a teeny weeny little country, and people yeah. are coming in and out of it. I want to say about the docking, when creatures, creatures, aliens, humanoids, what do we call beings come on the station with yeah. with guns and whatnot. I would I question how they even get past that and get them onto the promenade. Yeah. Mm. How is that possible? Yeah. So that's a question. That's going to can... come up later. Absolutely. Yeah. With the Klingons. And I, I had also had but notes because there. Because you but... said that. I thought it yeah. was important to say. Yeah, because well, that's interesting. But that that would make sense. I mean, you could pull somebody aside when you go through customs, right? Mm -hmm. And go to the customs official and then they mm -hmm. make you go through all oh, your yeah. stuff. I've done and that before. So, yeah. I've gotten stuck in, and you know, especially going back and forth to Canada so much, I've gotten stuck sometimes where I got to go. Secondary inspection. Wait. Oh, yes. yes. Nobody wants I got stuck once because I had this little, there was this, I have a, a tan color, but oh, it used to be this rice powder from Japan and it was white, right? Yeah. And ah. you'd use it just to like get the little greasy spots when sure. you model. Take the shine this away. Way back, I was yeah. probably like, um, I don't know, early 20s, 21, 22. Yeah, yeah. And I was coming home from England. A boyfriend of mine was doing a movie over there. And we were coming back through customs after six months. They thought it was cocaine. And oh my <laughs> God, I, I was just like, it's not. But like, yeah. I don't know why, even when you know you're right, how that can be such a terrifying situation. Yeah. Like, please yeah. don't take me yes. into a room all by mm -hmm. myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend turned to me and he goes, if you start crying right now, I'm going to slap you. What? And, I was like, <laughs> and it was like it was like he slapped me just by saying that and i was like okay right don't get caught up in you're not in trouble yeah. you, didn't you didn't do, do anything, anything wrong. wrong you've got yeah. you've got makeup 
Yeah. Yes. And it was like the the it was actually really smart of him to you know get me back into the real moment. But right, because if you get yeah, emotional, it was really now, scary. You're, yeah, you're yeah. incriminating yourself in a way if you get emotional. I didn't right? do anything. So. I know, but it but it did. What I thought. Oh, no wonder they think that it kind of does look exactly like that. Sure. But basically, it's chalk. It's yeah. funny that you bring up pre TSA or pre nine eleven that DS nine was all made before nine eleven happened. And yes. back in those days, planes, you know, going to airports was easy. I mean, there was a metal detector and that was about it. Like, yeah. you didn't, they didn't Customs check Customs was of the biggest thing that we went through. Yeah. If you went out of the country, that's why I compared it to going to another country. As yeah. Because that was the only time that that happened. Well, you know? Cisco basically said, pull a full TSA on this guy. Yes. And mm-hmm. don't, let, don't let him come on yes. board. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Full, yeah, secondary inspection. Detain Cisco. Him. Yeah. Cisco is delaying him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kira and Cisco get on the turbo lift. They start to ride. They have a very tense conversation about terrorists, uh, these terror- Bajoran terrorists, Konma, Konma, which is the first time. Yeah, Konma. First time I've heard about them. Yeah. Those are the bad guys. You, can I just stop yeah. for one quick second? That turbo lift, yes. the one in ops, you yes. know how it resembles the, we had a turbo, we had sort of a similar a elevator yeah. in engineering where it would go from one level to another but the one yes. that you guys have in ds9 it's open when it gets up into ops when it drops below it becomes a regular turbo lift you know what i'm saying it, it, it doesn't does that make sense robbie it's open to the i there's can't no remember barriers, yeah it's, it's yeah it's, um, it's when like it's a, on ops yeah it's almost like a in... cargo elevator up top you know like no yeah, no doors or walls it does it shuts what? and then you go down yeah doesn't I, it? I never. Or you I see it was going open. down. You see there, you going it, down. There is nothing down there. Yes, I mean, we you know go that. Down to but nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm saying the it's typically we had two types of turbo. We had the turbo lift where the doors open, you go in, it closes, and Solid it goes door to another deck. Solid door. Right. But then in our engineering, we had an open sort of like lift that had a railing that looks exactly like yours, similar yeah. to yours in Smaller. ops, and it would just go from level one to two, two to one in engineering. It didn't go anywhere else. But I right. thought from what I was watching, Robbie, that the one in ops turns into a regular over. Uh, I don't. No, I think. It's it's no, open at the bottom only... too. But to Terry's point, when when they were on the ops set, yes, and someone got on that lift and it yeah. started to go down, yeah. it didn't go really to another set. That's on another stage, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. So well, they just I, I go that. down to right. nothing, so the, and but to they're... cut into the next. Now we're going yes. inside the turbo lift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know what I'm saying, Robbie? It it has no walls, and then all of a sudden, it's completely enclosed. Is what it is. It once it I leaves. I don't think it's ops, enclosed. I think when when I'm in pay this better scene, attention. Kira and Cisco go down open. Yeah. They leave ops, and yeah. when we see them on the promenade, it's finishing coming down, and they're still open. I think it's open on both. Okay, sides. so ops is directly above the promenade. Then is what it is, and it just yeah. goes right into the promenade. And it's still open right there. Okay, it must. So it's, and it's it's really not a turbo. Did lift you ever think you of that, Terry? Uh no, I didn't put that much thought into it. I yeah. remember, <laughs> I thought that the ring was the promenade. That it just we see this one part with corks, but that it literally goes all the way around. Right. Oh yeah, it could. It probably does. The second yeah. you see the windows, so, but I didn't. I thought ops was in the center. I well, think that elevator seems to go straight down in to our the story promenade. To the into promenade. the promenade. So then yeah. it would go straight. Oh gosh! Oh, my brain hurts. 
The only set of the promenade you had was the one with quarks over there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it wrapped around. It implied that there was more. Yes. It implied that it was. Thank you. I think it's mislabeled. It shouldn't be called a turbo lift then. A turbo lift moves at a fast speed. That's just a regular lift. That's a lift. lift only. Let's move on to the promenade. Kira and Cisco get down. They're arguing. The argument escalates. Cisco even grabs her arm at one point. It gets really heated very quickly. Uh, he grabs her. He says he will not tolerate terrorists on this station. And Kira, instead of going, yes, sir, she kind of tops him. She says, I want to, you know, I, I always have wanted a strong Bajoran society and integrating splinter groups like this, even terrorists may be necessary. So mm-hmm. she goes toe to toe with him. Yeah. I thought that was that was really a great scene. I love that scene. Okay. Being able to open up to Kira right away. First mm-hmm. of all, bravo to Nana Visitor. Excellent episode for her all the way yeah. around. Mm-hmm. But I love watching her uh, negotiate this new way of being for herself. Mm-hmm. Because you think of her being in Konma. So mm-hmm. that's pretty heavy duty. That's yeah. like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't even imagine having that headset to be a terrorist and then to come and turn your life around to be a part yeah. of the integration. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah, part of the mm-hmm. solution. So that this is a very big episode watching her live out this experience and, and find a new way of accepting where she's at and how she yeah. can protect the Bajoran people. And I love that she stood up to him. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I thought it was great. Yeah. And and I will say like, this is the right episode to have after the pilot because it's, we need to know what the politics of this place are. It's mm-hmm. exactly the right kind of episode for the series. And like you said, a great episode for Nana. I thought it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kira goes into the infirmary next and Bashir is treating Tana He's got very bad wounds from multiple recent battles, and Kira reassures him that he that she is still fighting for Bajor in her own way. And Cisco arrives, he asks her to leave and decides to conduct this interview alone. He can see that Kira is biased. <laughs> I guess to say the to least. To say the least. Not only that, but she also seemed like maybe she had some kind of a thing with him. The way she yes, it was it very felt, intimate, yeah. how she leaned in with him and all of that. It felt mm-hmm. like they had a romantic. Yeah. Yes, maybe, it did. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Cisco and why does not? This... I mean, he's great looking guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Nordling is super handsome. Super handsome. He was man. so handsome, yeah. I didn't recognize him immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Tana tells Cisco that he has been commuted for all of his crimes and uh, he was punished uh, for crimes committed against Cardassians, uh, you know, over half a century an, an ago. But he's had enough of killing. He basically declares his innocence here. Hmm. And as Cisco uh, leaves, Tana's head sort of turns towards the camera and he looked evil and i was like i don't believe anything you just said but cisco Hmm. bought it so yeah yeah what is up with the bumps that were on his forehead and then they disappear at the end of the scene is that a is that a bajoran not extra nostril is he breathing through that what's what's going on i i did not know 
what they was seemed happening. To, they seemed to change. They were completely, they were prominent and then they went flat. It, yeah. It's like, it's, it, it was like, it was like well, one of those bladders be... in your, in your, uh, when you were in, uh, you know, your lizard costume, Robbie, it was like yes. a bladder in there, you know, or something. There but, used to be a piece. There was the nose, and yeah. then there was a little piece that little like flange, like a T uh, like, up here. Above and then the they eyebrows. took that off. Yes, because but they took terrible. that off of off of. But they didn't take it off of him. He still had it. Is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. all, all the Bajorans seem a little different. Like when I look at It'll the background Bajoran, yeah, they're they finding all, their way with makeup, just way. like we are with the storytelling. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, but I'm just wondering what was that flange supposed to be? I don't even understand the purpose of breathing. It. That's why it's not there. I have to ask. When he's shirtless, Jeff Nordling is shirtless, hairy chest, and Bashir's talking about all of these horrible scars, and it looked like pink spray paint on his chest. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that's horrible I, torture? No. They should have shaved the chest and then added scars, but it looks so much better when a man just has his chest hair. Oh, he looked great. It just didn't so work handsome. with the pink spray no, paint. No, it didn't work. We go to Kira's quarters next. There's Kira talking to Admiral Rollman. <laughs> And she, and she's basically tattletaling. She's yeah. telling the admiral that Cisco doesn't understand the issues. He's not handling this right. And the admiral thanks Kira. Um, so it seems like Kira's kind of started to stir up some trouble. For yeah, that's a poor choice that, to go around your you know superior officer to try yes. to yeah no good. above above yeah a, above around yeah. underneath above. <laughs> I mean to Susan Nimoy, no doubt. Yes, yes. Ah. That makes it worse, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The next scene is in ops. Cisco comes in uh, and O'Brien tells him that the Cardassians have docked, but Dax is delaying them. So she's the brains of the operation up there. She's taking care of the TSA, full TSA on the Cardassians. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also tells Cisco that you wouldn't want to turn anybody over to the Cardassians. Very ominous kind of you know, you may not know the Cardassians and what they do, but take it from me. You don't even my worst enemy. I wouldn't turn over to them. Mm. Um, and then he gets a call from Admiral Rollman. So he heads to his office. But that's important that that Miles O'Brien shares this. You wouldn't want to turn anybody over. That's going to come back to be part of his strategy later. In yeah. Mm -hmm. And we learn a little bit about Cardassians, you know? I mean, for yes. us, Robbie and I, we're like, oh, they're vicious. And they're, you know, they do yes. all kinds of really hardcore things that you don't want to have done to you. So now yeah. we know. Because it's only the third episode. Yeah. yeah. Cisco goes into his office. The Admiral basically tells Cisco she's kind of upset that Kira rudely interrupted a staff meeting to complain about him. Mm -hmm. And the Admiral basically says, I think you've got a problem, Commander, with this Kira, this Kira lady. <laughs> this Bajoran troublemaker. Um, so Cisco just sits on that. He's He's got the information. He sits on it. Uh, we go to the infirmary next. Kira's there. Uh, she comes in and, and kind of startles Tana awake. He must have PTSD from being a terrorist for so long because he jumps up very scared. And he does say something. He wonders if she's lost her old fire working with Starfleet. So he's fishing a little bit here. Yeah. He asks if she's going to let Cisco turn him over to the Cardassians. Do you think your commander's going to do this? And she says, nope, over my dead body and leave. So that's some reassurance for him that she's still on team terrorist, mm -hmm. he thinks. Team um, Tannen. Yes. Team Tana. Yeah. Tana. 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 Team Tana. Tana. 
Tana. Yeah. The one thing I noticed in this, when he asks about Cisco, he says to Kira, you know, what about your commander? You and Cisco, uh, do you get along? And she says, like oil and water, mm. which I thought was an interesting, you know, admission from her that she's telling him that she does not like Cisco mm. yet. Mm-hmm. Does that continue, Terry? Like, is that kind of combative with Cisco and Kira? Is that kind of a running theme? You have to stay tuned. <laughs> Good me. answer. Tell no, me I have so many questions no. from this episode. We can talk about this episode, yeah, but I think no. we'll shoot ourselves in the foot if we start jumping Let's, ahead. Yeah. That's because most people already advice. have seen the whole series, right? I'm dying to know though. I'm but dying to I, know so many things. Then like, good. You will see. Andy Robinson, is he really a spy? Is he a good guy or bad guy? I can't tell right now. I don't know, but let's save that. Let's save that. Okay. Let's keep going. We go to the commander's office. Goldenar is there talking to Cisco. He's very angry about all these unnecessary docking delays. Thank you, Dax. Uh, he wants this prisoner turned over immediately. And Cisco basically says, nope, uh, for now, he's going to grant him asylum. I, I love this scene. Again, Rick Colby directing. I love his low angles. His The way he stages scenes is so elegant and beautiful, especially when Cisco gets up from the desk and he's basically kicking Goldenar out. And it's this long shot that sort of tracks him around slowly as he's being, you know, super cool and elegant as he walks to the door and hits the door button, cools a cucumber. I, I, I thought it was great. I think what makes this scene go is Vaughn Armstrong's performance. I think he's he so was good. absolutely dead on. He knocked this out of the park. I think this guest star role was better than the guest star roles he did on Voyager. I'm going to say right now, he really, really did so well in this. I was so impressed. Yeah. yeah. I love Vaughn. Yeah, that's great. How many episodes did Vaughn do of your show? Do you know? I mean, you don't have to know the exact number. But oh, was, I have no it idea. It was a lot, probably, right? Mm. I have no idea. I really well, don't. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting no, to see. I mean, see. think about it. 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. I'm where I you guys were at watching episode three of your show. I'm like, I don't remember. I didn't You're even remember start, that was You sound him. like Robbie. <laughs> Robbie's like, I don't remember that. So, yeah. Well, it's funny. Like we had an yeah. actress, um, Martha Hackett, who played Sesco in our show. Mm-hmm. And if you had asked me before this podcast, how many episodes, Martha's great. Yeah. If you had said to me, how many episodes did Martha do of Voyager? I would have said, oh, 20, 30, maybe. <laughs> she did like six or seven. I can't remember. But you I was me? shocked. Yeah. I was shocked seeing Andy in this episode because I thought I didn't remember him being there right at the beginning. But of course yeah. he was because I said right hi to him. Kid. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I I don't yeah. know. You just don't think about it after time goes by, right? Yeah. yeah. And we were all yeah. shocked seeing JG on the pilot too, right? Right. As a, as a, that was Vulcan so great. Is so bizarre to see him as a Vulcan. Wow. Yeah. 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 Super weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about Susan either. I was like, that was kind of wild. Yeah. I didn't know who Susan was. We were back then. You didn't filming yeah. it. No. Yeah. All right. So uh, Von Armstrong gets kicked out of Cisco's office, <laughs> and we go to <laughs> Tana's quarters. Kira opens a door, showing Tana his new quarters. He loves his civilized quarters, um, but he doesn't like the Federation being here. Um, and he they talk about how much he wants Bajoran independence. Doesn't want this interference from the Federation or anybody else um kira does bring up she says you know now that the the wormhole's been discovered things are a little different commerce opportunities for us you know Mm -hmm. but she does promise him that she's going to work on his behalf if he's truly done with the con if he's if he's done being a terrorist then she will help him and he assures her that he is done with that and 
He even offers, he says, maybe I can get a couple more Kanma to join me to come to your side, Kira. So he's offering up some more ammunition, I guess, or more more temptations for her to trust him. Mm-hmm. And this is the scene where I realized it was Jeff Nordling, by the way. I was like, I had to stop and go, oh my God, that's Jeff Nordling. I finally recognized him. He didn't have pink paint. He didn't have, he wasn't. He had his clothes on. He had his clothes on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know him with his clothes off. So, uh, this was a great scene another creepy look at the end by the way he's so he's so is he the king of creepy looks he is in this episode i think rick colby did a lot of like tag looks at, in lots of scenes in oh this my god episode. that's the way yeah, he did in voyager as well so yeah lots mm-hmm. of like turn back to the camera for a nice yeah. you know close up yeah don't tell uh, too much but just give us a little huh Yes. Yeah. Mm. There was all, there was always a little extra at the end of most of these scenes. Mm -hmm. We go to the promenade next. There's two Klingon females there being detained by a deputy. They've refused to surrender their weapons and Odo comes and gives them a choice to surrender the weapons or leave the station. And they reluctantly comply. I will say at the top of the scene, the guards are holding the Klingon women with their, their weapons and the guards have weapons. And I was like, finally, somebody's got a weapon on this ship. Because yeah. that really confused me that no, there were no weapons. I, I'm so used to seeing phasers and, you know. Well, um, but like we said in the pilot, uh, in that altercation that happened on the promenade, mm-hmm. Cisco yeah. did have his phaser his and he phaser. shot to the side of yeah. the criminals. Obviously, mm-hmm. didn't shoot someone. Right. Yeah. But in this case, then I would say to you, we're going back to you went through the uh federation tsa how did you get on the promenade with yes. your klingon weapons on those actresses were excellent by the way that yeah. is that those... is like one of those scenes where you're like it's a tiny little bite of something yeah. and they were like a meal that was a meal they were completely in it yeah these characters have been used in the feature films as well so really? i don't know yeah so i don't know if this, those two actresses yes they they oh. were in in one of the they're they're super popular because they did such a good job on one of the star trek feature films i'm oh. wondering if this episode took place after their feature film appearance or this was their intro to trek and then they were used then later for feature it. yeah i'm not sure that, yeah but they are yeah but it was super, excellent yeah people love those two so the sisters the duras i can sisters. see why yeah i love them they're amazing yeah they're good I had another question. So I love your question. How did they get through the TSA with the with the rifles, the Klingon right? rifles? And it seems like somebody would have stopped in there. And they look and, scary. It's not like, oh, mom's coming through with a machine yeah, gun. It's yeah. like, whoa. No, no it's Klingons. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is like, why is there a crowd five feet away from this armed standoff? Like, <laughs> yeah. like no one's ducking for cover deputies with weapons <laughs> they're drawn looking. they're all like <laughs> they're really close it's like yeah this odo has to come through the crowd who's like <laughs> two feet away from this armed standoff oh my god that's so true like yeah maybe we should all yeah go for cover but, how about some yeah. of you guys go break for lunch <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. But, oh, my uh, word. Oda does take the weapons from them and welcomes them to DS9, which I mm-hmm. thought was very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the commander's office and then Odo shows up and he tells Cisco that these two Klingon sisters have arrived and he checked on the database. They are listed as Klingon renegades. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you know, they're they're runaways. They're they're wanted. 
you know, these two. They're bad girls. Yes. Well, they try to start a revolution, right? They try to grab yes. control of the Klingon High Council. Yeah, the, the Klingon High Council. This is a huge deal. This they isn't started just a like... small civil war. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what these two do. Oh, they my gosh. That. And then they yeah. just waltzed right into DS9 I... <laughs> with their weapons drawn and nobody stopped them. Yeah. <laughs> they're not the Dura sisters to me. They're the Chaos sisters to me. Yeah, exactly. Say. So that's a little bit of a, huh? Yeah. 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 That seems like security should beef up their, uh, I mean, w- laws and rules don't mean anything if you don't enforce, enforce them. it. Enforce it. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Odo is not happy about these two uh, women that have showed up. He wants to lock them up. He wants to call the Klingons, turn them over. And Cisco says, no. <laughs> I love he says at the end, he says, you know, under Cardassian rule, things may have been oppressive, but at least it was simple. It's like Odo longs for <laughs> some of the Cardassian yeah. tough on crime or whatever, I guess. It made me think of the Wild West. Like yeah. Odo was the sheriff and his rules were way more important than the actual laws. Yeah. Okay. So now we're at Quarks and the Klingon sisters are sitting upstairs and Bashir approaches Garrick. Garrick says, you know, as a clothier, he's likes to watch what people are wearing around the promenade. And he's very interested in the Klingon sisters clothes, he says. Um, And then he notices Tana arrive and the sisters jump up to join him. And Odo, who's come into the, to the, uh, I guess this is, yeah, this is Quarks. Uh, so they're all kind of mingling. Odo's come in and sees Tana and the sisters, uh, you know, meeting up in in that scene. So everybody's suspicious of we're starting to see the Tana that Tana knows these Klingon sisters, and that's probably why they're here. They've got something going on. Um, I love this wide shot over the sisters from the balcony. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just so impressed with. The background performers, the size and scale of your show, it's huge. The set was huge. A lot of places to shoot from, which is awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. It without not without its challenges. I'm sure if we had Rick on, you know, or even Jonathan. Jonathan West. Yes, Mm -hmm. thank you. Um, I was like, Frakes came to my mind, and I'm like, no, (laughs) that's not who you're thinking of. I like though that you could see that they were far enough away that yeah. Um, the Klingons and uh, Tana Lowe's. Tana, 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 Tana Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. word. Uh, see, can you see? imagine trying to shoot me with a <laughs> three page monologue? And anyway, I like that it felt like we were sort of spying on them. They didn't yeah. see us yes. seeing them. Right. So that was yeah. important too, I thought, that it mm-hmm. added to this sort of conspiracy that's happening, this thing yeah. that's evolving. Yeah, the multiple levels of that set are. So such a great part of creating this this community, this village that of people, you know, there's lots of places to hide and be private or look down on someone else. I can imagine that that set is going to be the perfect environment for stories coming up because it was great for this mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Beautiful set. Yeah. So they they uh, connect and we cut into a cargo bay or a storage area and the doors open. Uh, the Klingon women come in, Tana's with them. They're going to someplace private. And as they come through the door and walk off camera, this rat runs by the foreground. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew, ew, it was creepy. Rats. You had rats on your space station? 
Oh, you can't. No, it turns out to be Odo. So yes. <laughs> but still, if he's going to, if he's going to take I was on. Like, did he stop watching that? Yeah, I know, is that the end? <laughs> no, but I'm yes, saying. Yes, we have Cardassian rats. We do. There's oh, an episode okay. coming up where. There are I'm rats. Part of, I'm part of the crew trying to get oh. rid of the rats. I can't remember mm-hmm. what they're called. Okay. So Not can old, you call them Cardassa rats? Cardassa I- rats. That was bad. that, but that was my point. Is like at, when I first saw a rat, I was like, "Ooh!" And then my next thought was, "Wait, they're out in space. They wouldn't yeah. have any rats out here." But there are. But they now do we know. have Card. Okay, so he was taking the cover of yeah. a Cardassian rat. Got it. Got okay. it. Okay. Anyway, the rat runs across. The Klingon sisters meet Tana in the corner. They want their gold from him. He says mm-hmm. it's on its way. That they're going to have it tomorrow. They kind of threaten him and say, "You know, you better have it." And then, and then they leave. And then the rat that we thought was just background at the top of the scene turns into Odo. Yeah. And it was a great shot because it started on the rat down on the ground, it started to kind of morph. And then it went, the, it tilted up through some foreground or something. And the mm-hmm. morph continued up to turn into Odo. It was really well done, really elegant. I thought it was great. I thought Rob, it was too. I, it was cool. Robbie and Terry, here is my question. <laughs> if Uh-oh. Odo can shapeshift into a rat, an identical version of a Cardassian rat, why, when we see him walking around, can't he make his face look perfectly human or perfectly Cardassian or perfectly Bajoran? Why does he have that look of sort of like a you know hockey mask looking face? It makes no sense to me. It's like, uh, why do you look like you have a weird face, right? How does it, he say it's hard to look human and then he can look exactly like anything else hair. he wants? To, exactly. Yes. Like a rat. He, or, or, or a, a chair or a whatever he does. You know, I mean, he changes into anything identically, but yet in his yeah. normal, you know, why uh, couldn't we have this Reneo Bergenwald with his own face? Hi, yeah, where he wouldn't have to go through makeup. And I maybe mean, if I've he just... got tired, it started to look like that. That <sighs> would be one thing. Oh yes, like he was running out of energy, he has to regenerate. That yes. it he starts, starts to kind to... of look like yes, yes. Like he's got to go in the mask Look, we just yeah. improved on the show. We just improved on. Let's the just show. make the show better. Let's right? reshoot. And if Renee were alive, he would love this idea. If he were alive, he would be like, "Oh my gosh, get the shit off of my face." We could AI him right now so oh. you know here you go mm-hmm. yeah well great scene so we see that that uh um that odo has heard all of this and it was a great use of the budget to spend it on that particular moment yes mm-hmm. right yes. i think yeah. so yeah we go up to ops cisco uh comes into ops and kira is just super energetic here she's getting the minister's council on board for amnesty for Tana. And she even says that Tana told her that two more Konma terrorists are coming to join him if if Cisco promises to keep them safe. And Cisco agrees. Mm-hmm. She thanks Cisco. A really, really sweet moment here where she's like, you know, I really want to, I really want to thank you for helping me. And I couldn't have done any of this without you. And so you feel this oil and water sort of melting a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, remember that the next time that you talk to the Admiral. Uh, if you go over my head again, it will not be pretty, basically. So yeah. it will be on a platter. That could be pretty. I don't know. Yes. Right. Well, Nana is pretty, but <laughs> I think she'd like to keep her head on her shoulders. Yes. <laughs> yes. Great turns, really great energy in the scene. It, it was just, I was, you know, moment to moment was so authentic and great. Mm. I yeah. love the staging with Rick. Rick Colby had Cisco kind of moving through the uh, ops section, and they ended up on some stairs. So 
So it went from this sort of equal height to all of a sudden Avery is standing two, three feet above her looking down when he threatens her. And I loved the, the little subtle, you know, status of high and low and using those angles. Bravo, Rick. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bravo to Rick and, and all the directors that like really, it, and he's one of them. It's a visual medium. Yeah. So, you know, we're using, we're using the words and all of us are using the words at the base, but the actors are doing underlines. You're doing yeah. what you're feeling, right? Mm-hmm. What's in between the lines. And Rick Colby's doing a great job of visually helping us tell the story too. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the reasons I really like this episode too. There's so mm-hmm. many layers of authentic reality of yeah. what Odo and Cisco and uh, Kira are all going through. Our, mm-hmm. our heroes mm-hmm. are going through in trying to balance the Federation and the Bajoran conflict that's happening. Yeah, Rick had such a such a light touch as a director. My memory, I always felt like he had a very light touch in terms of pushing you as an actor one way or the other. But he knew how to get you into the right kind of staging or the right position or the right emotional levels that would just amplify the story's subtext and, and message. So he was so good. I loved him. He has a very zen thing about him, if I remember right. Yeah. 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 Until he lost his cool. And then that temper came oh, out now and then. Yeah. But usually you he didn't was want to very... upset him, but most <laughs> no, of the time. No. Yeah. Uh, we go to the commander's office. Cisco comes in. Odo is there waiting for him. Odo tells him that Tana and the sisters have some kind of secret business arrangement. And Cisco thinks that maybe the other two Bajorans that Kira just mentioned might be bringing, uh, you know, bringing the gold that, that Odo overheard. Cisco doesn't want Kira to know yet, though. So he just takes this information, listens to it. Uh, the one thing I noticed in this scene was the close talking. Me it's, too. Did you notice like, that? What? They were like this. Nose to nose. <laughs> what was that? We've, that was so Garrett, uncomfortable. Garrett and I've I talked about this we, on our show a yeah, lot. Yeah, it happens on Voyager a lot. That they too. would force just, us to get so close, yes. unnaturally close mm, to each other yes. to try to hold that shot. <laughs> And you were always like, really? Does, always this doesn't for the look camera. weird? It's always for the camera. And it Especially just... those two. Mm, I yes. would never think those two would, that energy. It's, yeah. it's like toxic masculinity having the mm. two of them be an inch away from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. The close talking was the only thing in the scene that bumped me. Otherwise, I thought it was great. I like the lack of coverage. There was very little coverage. It played in kind of one long staging, uh, again, Rick Colby was so good at that, you know, creating kind of movement and and not jumping into close-ups right away. I thought it was great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cisco doesn't want to tell Kira about what's what what they know. We go to Garrick's shop next. Uh, the Klingon sisters have arrived. Garrick offers to make some silk lingerie for them or something. They get very offended. <laughs> they get very offended about that. But he, he offers to make them some clothes and they don't want clothes. They want to make a deal to turn over Tana. So they ask what he's what Tana is worth. And Garrick writes out a number on, on his uh, pad, shows them the number. They're very insulted. They start to leave. And he says, wait, 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 wait a minute. Maybe we can negotiate. There's always room to negotiate. Uh, this is where I was like, is... Is Garrick a good guy or a bad guy? I can't tell whose side he's on. And maybe that's the running theme here for his character. But good scene, though. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like that we are questioning him. There's a lot of things we're questioning about Garrick in my mind, though. Mm. A lot of things. I don't know if he's yeah. on the Cardassian side. I don't know if he really likes Bashir, if he's trying to use him in some way. I don't There's get that. There's nothing about him seems genuine to me. No, no. Except it's for very... that he makes clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did like the moment from Andy Robinson when the Cardassian women uh, are insulted about the lingerie and they go to like, like grab him or something. And it felt like Andy's reaction, the way he jumped felt real. It felt the Klingon very women. Authentic. Yes. The Kling- from the Klingon women. Yeah. You called them Cardassians. It's okay. Oh, the, the alpha quadrant uh, species aren't, aren't big in, in, um, in the Delta quadrant, yeah. but I did marry a Klingon. So Half I Klingon. should, you should know that man. I should, She's really Klingon. Yeah, I did not know that yeah, about Alana her. Loved Roxanne. So I know about Klingons. I and me, I get why too, Andy but... Robinson jumped. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was smart of him. Yes. Actually, mm-hmm. he um, offers some a price, offers to negotiate. He even says at the very end of the scene, "I am no more than what I seem to be—a merchant trying to make the best transaction." And I wrote down, "Oh no, he's a lot more than that. He's mm-hmm. claiming to be a simple guy." but I think he's much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to Tana's quarters next. Kira arrives, tells Tana that he is going to get amnesty. He's very surprised and admits that he didn't expect that she could do it before he came. And this is where she's starting to realize that he lied and that he's had another plan this whole time. And he admits, yes, I did have another plan, but it's a nonviolent plan, he promises. And it'll get everything that Bajor ever wanted. He just needs her help. He needs a ship capable of warp speed. And she asks, well, what is the plan? And he says, ah, I'm not going to tell you that. You have to decide whether you're loyal to Bajor or we'll know where your loyalties are, depending on what you decide. So she's put in a tough position here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, how he, doesn't, he doesn't a- believe in compromise in the yeah. situation. He's not yeah. feeling safe until she makes a decision. Yeah. Live her old life, basically. This is a really tough episode for her because, yeah, she's she's also, she trusted him and assumed that he was sort of making the same choices she was making, which is to work together uh, with the Federation. But her uh, assumptions were not crazy. He led her to believe this, too. Yeah. yeah. Right. We go back to the replimat. Garrick joins Bashir at a table. Garrick says... You know, uh, there's a real concern that two Kanma terrorists uh, are talking with Tana, and he wants to know why. He says together maybe they can find out. He tells Bashir to come uh, buy a new suit in his shop at precisely 2055 hours. Precisely. <laughs> so uh, that that's basically Garrick. Garrick is now, again, I was confused. I'm like, wait. I thought he was kind of helping the Cardassians with those Klingons. He was going to make a deal, but now it doesn't seem that way. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I did like in the scene how when he first arrives, Bashir says, ah, plain, simple Garrick. How are you today? It's like the running line. He just wants to be know everybody to know him as plain, simple Garrick. He's kind of protesting a little too much, I think. But that's my thoughts on that. I just, I'm now I'm really confused, even more confused hmm. about Garrick. Yeah. We go to Ops. Next, Kira is looking at the Konma files. She's very worried. Cisco appears and he says he wants to meet the new Konma that arrived and asks 
Kira, if she trusts these new uh, arrivals as much as she trusts Tana. And she says, absolutely. And then she leaves. But you can tell, and he can tell, because there's a look when she leaves and she's getting on that lift. There's a lingering look between them. And you know that she said she trusts them, but Cisco knows that that's not true. And how Um, could she? She hasn't met them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she hasn't met them. She doesn't know. And she's even kind of questioning, uh, why do I have a hard time with his name? Tana. Tana. Yeah. Tana. Tana Los. It's kind of like Balana. Okay, so after this lingering look between Cisco and Kira, where he knows that she's starting to have her doubts too, um, Bashir arrives and tells Cisco that Garrick insists that he buy a new sh- new suit at precisely twenty fifty five. And something it's something has something to do with the Kon Ma that have arrived. And Bashir doesn't know what to do. Should I buy a suit? Should I not buy a suit? And Cisco basically says, you know what? I think you could use a new suit. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that moment. Yeah. And Cisco says, go buy the suit because he thinks maybe this is, you know, uh, some way of communicating without direct communication. That maybe these people are a common enemy of ours that's why garrick is saying you know is is seem seeming kind of shady here in his mm-hmm. dealings because they have a common enemy cisco can see through all of the smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. maybe we have a common enemy and maybe this is their way of communicating that and go buy a new suit we go to the security office next kira comes to find odo ask if everything is ready for the minister's court arrival she's being kind of coy um and he he picks it up on that. He he knows that she's got something else she's concerned about. She admits, she says to him, do you know everything about me? And he says, more than you think, probably more than you think. She admits that she did some bad things in her past, but at least she always knew who the bad guys were. Mm-hmm. And now she's, she's basically struggling with the decision. She's in a pickle here because she's going to have to betray someone, either her old friends or Starfleet and Cisco. And I love his advice. He says, the important thing is not to betray yourself. Yeah, I like that line. That really mm-hmm. I actually wrote home. that down. Odo, the only important thing is not to betray yourself, which is a yeah. great, great lesson. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. I really, my heart really, uh, oh, kind of broke for her with compassion in this scene, knowing mm-hmm. what it's like when you're in a turning point in your life, when you have to let go of what doesn't work anymore and let go yeah. of people that don't work anymore in your life. And that can be a hard thing, even though, you know, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very relatable situation that Kira was in. Yeah. I, really, I, I like that. I like when Star Trek does that kind of can get to the heart of something that we all have experienced on some level and put it into these sci-fi stories. Before you go on, Robbie, there's one thing I've noticed in the Starfleet uniforms, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Robbie, in the opening, the V part, all the DS9 players, it's flared out. It's ironed yes. out. And on Voyager, ours are pressed down. So yeah, I've noticed do you understand what too. I'm saying, Terry? Like the V, you know, the V of your, of your Starfleet uniform, right? Like right, so, yeah. right here, the V. It's turned out and ironed to stick out, which we did not do on Voyager. It was yeah. pushed down. Um, you'll no, you'll notice now that we brought it up. Okay. It's probably so commonplace okay. for you that you don't see the difference. But it's clearly the fabric is turned and ironed and spray starched so it sticks straight out forward. It's really weird. You mean the colored part? 
Yeah, yeah. It's the, right. It's like I, I right don't... here on my on the, my sweatshirt. The opening of your oh, of your neck, as a, as opposed to I being ours was like, tight down like that. Yours kind of flared out a little. It bit. flares out. Right on. It's, okay, it's I'll so, pay attention. Yeah, it's. Bizarre. I think is it different in in is Avery wearing a different uniform than us, or is that no? Mm-mm. This was my least so. favorite of no. our uniforms was yeah. this one. But later, I think, later DS9, the Starfleet uniforms, now they end up looking more Voyager-y. They, they're we not change uniforms out. Yeah, completely. you do change uniforms. They go then you change again and you go wool. gray. You go gray at some point, right? So that changes again where there's well, some gray Well, those might action. be like dress outfits. Oh, maybe. Okay. Right? Because we yeah. have dress uniforms where the yep. color is in a different spot. Yep. Uh, yep. And my other note know. that I have, my other note <laughs> for both of you is that when looking at monitors, anybody mm-hmm. looking at a monitor, all the text, Robbie, do you notice? It's the it's old late DOS. 80s, early 90s Apple SE print um text. Oh, I, I called it DOS. I thought oh, it was DOS. No, I actually have not a video DOS. reaction about it. It looks right. like old like mm. Microsoft like DOS. That's so funny. It, I see old Apple, original yeah. Apple computers. And if but if you look at the print of it to me it is exactly because i had an apple II se in 1987 88 so i know that print exactly and that's, that's funny so i feel like they use apple computers it's definitely um, for old school effects. yeah old old, school. old 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 school okay i'm just gonna say to all of you out there watching us these yeah. are the two cutest nerdy guys ever <laughs> thanks terry you're welcome I don't know what it reminded me of. Okay. <laughs> it just looks vintage. It looks like old it's, sci-fi. It it feels it, older because, than your show. Your show was 90, yes, this that's aired my 93. Point. Yeah, it looks the, older than the But the, the tech show. felt like yeah. 80s to it me, did. for sure. It's for 80s sure. tech. Okay, now we go to Garrick's shop. Bashir arrives at 2055 or whatever the time was. Actually, no, he's no, late. He arrives at 2057. He's, he's that's late. right. He's a little yeah. bit late. Uh, Garrick hides him in a changing room, hands him a... Uh, he says, here, try this suit on. Try it on as many times as you want. But all he hands him is a jacket. He doesn't give him pants. <laughs> he doesn't give him pants. I was like, and then Bashir looks in the mirror and he looks at the jacket and he makes a sour face, which again makes me laugh. Team yes. Bashir all the Team way. So I cute. thought it was funny. But he hears the Klingon women come in. We cut outside to this conversation. Um, the Klingon women admit that uh, Tana... Uh, they're going to sell Tana Belitrium, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Belitrium, this this uh, chemical that will make the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say if the Cardassians want him, they can capture him at the rendezvous point. They tell him where that's going to be. Mm-hmm. They leave. Bashir comes out, asks, what is Belitrium? Garrick says it's a rare crystal used with an antimatter converter. It's a huge bomb. Mm-hmm. And he's got an antimatter conver- converter, so... That is why the Cardassians were chasing him. Um, again, any scene with Bashir in it at this point, I'm all in. I just, I love him. He's great. It makes mm-hmm. me laugh. I love him too. I know. He's so charming. Yeah. He just, he makes, he makes a smile. He's entertaining. He's so, let's say He's it. entertaining. Yes. He's handsome. He's yeah. talented. Yes. And yeah. he's a kind person. He really yeah. is. Really a gem of a human being. Yeah. He's got a British accent. Yeah. Okay, that's just like that is the cherry on the Sunday, right? Right. Like he'd be amazing for anyway. Americans. It is yes. Americans right. are enamored. They're in love with all things English. Are you I'm not American? Right you I am American. That. I am American. I'm just but saying. You're like in Americans. The like, Americans. Like, like, yeah. 
It's because we came from, you know, we're a English mashup roots. of all yeah, the things. Yeah, we yeah. We're American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we go to ops. The team is now gathered. It feels like to me we're at the point of in our classic Star Trek story where there's going to be some action. The plan's going to have to come together. Uh, so the team is gathered. They don't know what the best option is. Kira says she should go, uh, keep her plans with Tana so he's not suspicious and they can find the, find out the whole scheme. That's the only way to truly stop them. Cisco agrees. And he and O'Brien decide that they're going to hide undetected behind this moon at the rendezvous point as backup. And Kira's going to go. So that's their plan. Kira's going to risk it. She's choosing Team Federation here. But she's got to go undercover one last time to see what the whole plan is. Um, there was a cool shot pushing into Kira at one point when she's she's uh, kind of making this decision to to risk herself. I thought, again, Rick Colby, I, I love him. He's one of my favorite Trek directors we ever had. Great stuff. Okay, next we go to the security office and Odo's watching on monitors as Cisco and O'Brien are uh, about to depart. Uh, up at ops, Dax is scanning from ops uh, to see what uh, what's going on. Cisco says uh, they get in position. The runabout Ganges with Cisco and O'Brien. They get in position, and he says, "Shut down all main power systems." And O'Brien says, "Dead quiet." So they're sitting in their backup position behind the moon, hiding behind the moon. It's so cool that all the runabouts are named after rivers on earth right yeah. so the ganges most chinese don't even call it yang the yangs is how you would say it you don't you don't even we don't yeah. even say that they say changjiang jiang is river in chinese Chang is long they just call that river the long river because it's the longest river right oh wow but if you want to say k-i-a-n-g on deep space nine is is river but it's not pronounced kyang it's jiang so it's a j sound so oh, the way you would say it soft a not yang but yang so yang Jung is how you say that shuttle. Yang Zhejiang. Wait, how do we say it again? Uh, Yang Zhejiang. Yang Zhejiang. So shuttle Yang Zhejiang is how you say it. Wait, you're saying it so fast, I can't even get saying it right. Yang, Yang, Yang. Yeah, so you're both Yang, Yang, Jiang. Jiang is straight across. The tone is one. Tone number one. So it's Yang Zhejiang. Yang Zhejiang. So it kind of your voice goes down and up high. Yang Zhejiang is how you say it. And I would not be a good Chinese American if I did not stop and explain to everyone that that is the correct way to pronounce it. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah, and we're on your side. Well, I can't go back and do it. I'm so sorry. It's funny because when I'm watching this this episode earlier. Uh, we have yeah. our we have our um we always have our captions on just because sometimes you can read alien names better right so someone said Yatsi uh someone said Yangzi Yangzi yeah yeah well that's the thing I, I just spoiled my own joke um so someone said Yangzi Kyang and then on it shows the 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 caption and Megan's in the kitchen and she's not directly in front of the TV so from an angle she goes Yahtzee King is what you said <laughs> like the king of Yahtzee who are you That's know funny. So I started laughing so hard I go no honey they're mispronouncing the the river in China and they're saying Yangtze Kyang you know and you're saying Yahtzee King which is completely off you know they wouldn't know it. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I wonder, like, on some of the newer Trek shows, like on Discovery or Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds or something, mm-hmm. if they were to write a run about Yang Zijiang, I don't know Yang how Zijiang. to... I, Yang Zijiang, yeah. Uh, yeah, Yang Zijiang. If they were to write that into an episode, I wonder if they would have any kind of cultural advisors that they would make sure... Like, I think nowadays, right? what you're pointing uh, out, mm-hmm. people have an awareness that, yeah. you know, yeah. we've sort yeah. of... 
with they'll go to a native speaker and say, "Hey, how do you pronounce?" This? How do you pronounce? And they'll it? have the actors pronounce it the but right we way. We didn't think, back then. Yeah. No, but we should have because right. we were Star Trek. It just right. seems like we should have been more elevated in our awareness. I, that's how what to say things. exactly. That's yeah. why I. That's why I was shocked. I was like, "Wait a minute! There's no way." That being Trek, some of these writers and some of these other people didn't say, hey, let's call someone up who's Chinese and say, but hey. Garrett, you, you know, with Chakotay, our, our indigenous character on our show. Oh, they we had were, a fake, but we had a fake had advisor. A fake we advisor, had an advisor and they didn't said, even care that yeah. much. Like, no. So I think. Maybe that's what happened I think too. our generation, DS9 and Voyager, mm -hmm. we were in this sort of middle ground of there was an awareness that we should be doing culturally conscious things but they weren't doing it 100 percent. they were just sort of right you know naming a runabout after a chinese river and they thought that's enough yeah, we don't even have to enough. say it right we don't, we don't yeah. have to there's a little yeah. nod to the chinese there's a right. nod but we're not really right. gonna but we don't complete through. that by pronouncing it correctly. pronouncing it correctly yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's all right terrible. thank you for for um you know allowing me to explain thank that. You for, it. yeah thank you for educating us yeah. too so yeah. just so you know Yang Zijiang, Yang Zijiang. So the Z that you know Zijiang. it's written as as Yang Tsi. It's not an E. It's Yang Z. It's almost like a you stop right. You go T Z and then end. Yang Zijiang, Yang Zijiang. Don't go E. Just go Yang Zijiang. Yeah, Yang Zijiang is how you would say it. So Garrett, you know I can't speak any other. You languages. can. I've tried. <laughs> it's just I'm not smart enough to do it. But All I'll right. try. <laughs> Thank I you. I will try. But as I long feel... as you don't go Yangtze Kiang, Kiang, I'm happy. Just go okay. Yangtze Jung. Yeah. Thanks. On the runabout with the Chinese river that I can't pronounce. <laughs> Thank you. Yangtze Jung. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one. Kira is piloting this runabout. Tan is there plugging in the antimatter converter. And Kira asks, what is he doing? And he said, you'll know soon. And then a Klingon bird of prey appears on the uh, O'Brien and Cisco runabout mm -hmm. how do you pronounce that one garrett oh that's that's not even chinese so i i have Ganges. no idea how the i don't Ganges. know how the I, um but the i don't East speak Indians. any foreign language so right. i don't know so i'm sure it's pronounced that's, differently actually, in Hindi. i do i've been to rishikesh ganga ganga they, see ganga. robbie yeah they robbie. pronounce it the ganga yeah uh so hey. on the runabout ganga can you tell um terry quickly why you were there in india just tell her. I so. went with my daughter who was 17 for her senior graduation gift. Uh, there was a strike going on, a writer's strike at the time. So I wasn't working. And she was invited on this three-week trip to India for yoga. And it was... Oh, we had a little... Yeah, it was an oh, amazing India, trip. Oh, India, though. How great. Yeah. Terry's way into yoga. So I wanted him to explain that to you. Right well, yeah. Because I just did a four-week uh, teacher training in Sri Lanka. Last yes. summer. There you go. Or this summer, this past summer. So Robbie, say it again. Ganga? I'm impressed. Is Ganga. Yeah, the Ganga, Ganga River. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was in Rishikesh, which is on the Ganga River. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Anyway, O'Brien and Cisco are in the yes. runabout Ganga. Mm -hmm. And uh, they see the Klingons have powered up transporters. We go back on the uh, on Kira's runabout. And mm -hmm. the, the Klingon sisters beam in. I have to say, I love... Klingon beamins. It's like this red glitter. Did you notice? <laughs> Why can't we have red glitter on Starfleet beam? Red beamins. It's like they're sparkly. They're sparkly. It's very sparkly. They're sparkly. Yes. <laughs> the only uh, thing about them that sparkles, though. Yeah, that's it. They beam in with their gold, their red glitter sparkles, and they get their gold, and they hand him some kind of 
like vial, tube, a tube, a vial, yeah, liquid. Yeah, yeah tube. Well, they of don't hand it to it. They throw they it talk, midair. It. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's the bur- did it say a spirulium? The Blitrium, yeah. Blitrium. Yeah, not beryllium. That was in uh, another another franchise. But, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they beam out, and then we go back to Cisco and O'Brien. Uh, the bird of prey is moving off and cloaking, and Cisco says, "Set an intercept course." For the runabout. So they're going to head over and help Kira out. We go to Ops and Dax notifies Cisco the Cardassians are headed uh, their, their way, about to intercept the, the both runabouts. So Cardassians are on their way. Klingons just left. Kira's all by herself. This is bad news. We go back to Cisco's shuttle and he heads out to help Kira. But on Kira's shuttle, all of a sudden alarms go off, alerting Tana our bad guy, that there's another shuttle coming. He he figures out it was waiting for them. And he tells, uh, Kira tells him that a Cardassian warship is close too. So Tana says, go to warp, set a course for DS9. Uh, she realizes that he's been lying about a lot of things and she goes to get a phaser, but then he punches her like <laughs> full on Madelone punch to the jaw. It was... Uh, it was rough. It was awkward uh, because how does he know she's even going for that? Like he doesn't even know the runabout technology and this and the specs of that place. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Those phasers were kind of tucked off to the side. It's like how does he? She could have been just getting up to help do something, and he just punches yeah. her. I'm, I was a, a little. He's perturbed. a bad guy. Maybe yeah. he's, he's. Thank he's you. Bad. He's a bad guy. Bad, and bad Tanalos. Mm. Bad Tanalos. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows her though, so yeah. just like when you know anybody, if they're doing something. You might he not knew know. That she, yeah, okay. He okay. knew she she'd taken a turn. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes he, sense. He could sense Thank it. you. Thank you. Her so, hesitation, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. He punches her. He grabs the phaser, holds it at her, and tells her to go to warp, or he's going to blow up the thing here and destroy eight Bajoran colonies that are close by. Mm-hmm. God, he's a horrible, horrible. I thought he was all about the Bajorans, and now he's going to blow up eight colonies. He doesn't care. And you know what? The chest no. hair is not making up for that now. No, no. It did for a while, didn't it? It did for a minute. Yeah. But you know, that's those like superficial things that you really shouldn't, you know, make exactly. important did, choices on. Did you guys also notice when the Duras sisters first beam on the runabout, they're not even one's facing forward, one's facing backwards. I was like, what? Why don't you guys? Okay. That, that was also kind of startling to me too. I don't know. All right, Weird. we go back to O'Brien. Uh, he says they've gone to warp. Uh, Cisco says, follow them and calls uh, for Kira, but Tana, Tana answers. And he tells them that there's armed belitrium explosives on the ship and warns them if you fire on us, that you will detonate that bomb. And back with Cisco, uh, they realize that he's headed straight for DS9, straight for the station. And then Goldenar appears on Cisco's shuttle and says, I basically says, I told you so. And Cisco ends this transmission. Yeah, he doesn't go, yeah, you did. Yeah, go, Cisco's like, I don't have time for the, <laughs> you know, the blame game here. Yeah, ends exactly. The, ends the transmission. He hangs up on him. They're getting near DS9. So this is bad. This is Tana's plan. And then he, re- he reveals that he's actually not trying to blow up the station or anything he's heading for the wormhole he wants right. he to, to blow up the course. worm yeah yes if he can blow up the entrance to the wormhole he'll collapse it and no more starfleet or cardassians yeah. or anybody else yeah and kira at the last minute makes a sharp turn as they get near the mouth of the wormhole 
makes this sharp turn that sort of throws him off balance. And as they go through this wormhole and the shuttle's getting sucked through the wormhole, they've got this long protracted fight. It was just uh, crazy to me. It was both of them going at it. It was, it was great. It was very exciting. And just as they go in the wormhole, Cisco and O'Brien are chasing them right on their heels. So they're following them. They go through the wormhole, they fight, they wrestle, they come out on, on the other side. And just as they come out the other side, the bomb is released and explodes harmlessly out in space. Mm -hmm. Robbie, remember when O'Brien says, uh, we may have to shoot them down, Commander, and Cisco says, ready photons, Chief. We never abbreviate photon torpedoes. We always say photon torpedoes, but in here in DS9, yeah. they just say ready photons because yeah. photons could be a hologram, right? Remember uh, photons yeah. be free, the doctor's program. Fo so it was mm -hmm. a little um, interesting to see how there's an abbreviation on DS9 here. Which sounds like when you say things like that to make the comparison, it almost seems like your show is on before our show. Yeah. Because we spell it all out like that photon yeah. torpedoes. Da -da -da -da. And then you guys like, are just like, hey, photons. Yeah. It does seem that way. Interesting. Good yeah. observation. In timeline, are we all happening at the same time? Should be, yeah. We're yeah. close, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we know each other. Yes. Yeah. Our show starts on DS9. Do, um, yeah. do you know oh, that, that's Sherry? right. Yeah, our ship is docked No, that DS9. makes so much yeah. sense. And then we leave DS9 Because you guys were with Quark. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My scene, yeah, the intro scene that I had was with Quark and Robbie, so... That's, it's yep, interesting yep. they didn't do more crossover because if we're really happening when yeah. next well, we gen got, was got, happening right. and we're happening when you're happening, mm -hmm. why didn't they do more crossover? Like, well, you know, not well, we couldn't do it between DS9 and Voyager because we were thrown to the other side of the galaxy, so there was no. Yeah, but they could have gone wow. to the Gamma Quad. Like, there could have been some attempt from the Alpha Quadrant to, do to use DS9. Even when we're in the mirrored universe, I mean, it doesn't yeah, have to yeah, be yeah. completely linear time. Correct. Correct. I don't. I don't know anything linear. about this mirrored universe, by the way. Right. <laughs> I oh. have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you will find out. You will. I will. I will. You will. And I thank God, Kira turned that shuttle, knocked uh, what's his name, Tana, Tana over. It's catching. Yes. Thank God she did that and didn't blow yeah. up the wormhole because mm -hmm. she saves the wormhole. Cisco shows up, asks if she's all right. Um, Tana um, has the still has this phaser on her mm -hmm. and said, "No, she's not all right. If you want her alive, do as I say." He's still mm -hmm. trying to threaten Cisco, mm -hmm. and this is when Cisco says he uses that information that he got from O'Brien way back when. He says, "You can surrender to me now, or you can just wait for the Cardassian warship." And I can let them deal with you. Mm -hmm. And you see his look. Tana gives up. He hands the phaser to, uh, to Kira, surrenders. We cut to an airlock. Kira brings Tana out. Odo arrests him. And Kira's last line to him is, you know, the old ways don't work anymore. Everything is different now. So still early in your series, she's, she's learning this lesson herself. She's kind of mm -hmm. you know, speaking what she's realized her, for herself. Yeah, really yeah. cementing home. Like, yeah. who does she want to be? This this episode made her have to really dig deep. Yeah, I love the last shot as uh, Cisco and Kira are walking away, like off into the sunset down the down the hallway. It was a great way, great image to end on because they had had so much conflict during this episode. To see them walking, you know, shoulder to shoulder there together was great. So yeah, they built great, trust. Great episode. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I liked sure. it too.
Mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot. What's your lesson from this episode, Robbie McNeil? What is your my lesson? lesson my theme is uh, kind of I take it off that last line of of uh, of Kira's that if you want to build something new, you're going to have to try new ways. That's the lesson. Like she was stuck in sort of this her old thinking about Bajorans and about her old you know, the people that she trusted and worked with and believed in, she had to let go of that and trust something new. So if you want to build something new, you got to trust trying something new. That would be my theme. All right. My, my lesson is Odo's line in the series. The only important thing is not to betray yourself. I love that. I think that's the lesson for me from this episode. It's a great line. Great lesson. Mm-hmm. Terry, do you have a lesson or a moral? Yeah, I think it stems from Odo's line. And I think that would be, you know, the classic to thine own self be true. But mm. maybe even more importantly, if it costs you your integrity, it costs too much. Mm. Mm. I like that angle. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Terry Farrell, for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. This week. And please, uh, listeners out there, join us for next week's episode is A Man Alone. Very excited to to watch that one. With Terry joining us again. Yeah, with Terry joining us for that one. A Man Alone. (laughs) And for our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. If you're not a patron on Patreon, check us out. There's lots of great, cool, extra stuff uh, there if you become a patron. And... uh, Everybody, we'll see you next week for A Man Alone. 